0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Nashville Life. For all of you who are here for the first time, uh, you don't know me. My name is Alvin. I serve as lead pastor here. Glad you're with us today. Hello again to all the familiar faces who we see every week. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Was everybody's Thanksgiving decent at least? Who had a really good one? Yeah? Awesome. Well, regardless, I'm glad you're here. Um, We had a good one week. Uh, we're in Murfreesboro. Jasmine has cousins out there, so we spent time there, and then we did a quick little drive-through at my side of the family and got some to-go plates that we are still enjoying. I plan on getting into that today, actually. Um, I st- like, how long do y'all wait before y'all stop eating leftovers? A few days? I, I, I think I think I'm good I'm good. Am I what was that? Nah, nah, we actually, did we freeze some? Yeah, we froze some and, and thawed it out for Christmas, ate some dressing and mac and cheese, it was delicious. Might do that again. Anyway, I have scripture, believe it or not, to share with you all today. Uh, I'm excited to get into the message. Before we do, let's get into, uh, well, let's say this declaration before we get into scripture. Uh, say the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. Well, we are natural Life, and our vision is following Jesus and building leaders. And we do that uh, through four steps uh, we help people to know God, we help them find freedom, discover purpose, and then make a difference. And that's the journey I'm on. That's the journey that uh, everyone at Nashville Life hopefully, hopefully is on. And the, the ultimate uh, purpose of my life is to make a difference. I believe that's why I'm still on this earth. I believe that's why I'm still alive today is to make a difference in the lives of others. And I think that applies to all of us, really. And the beauty of God's grace is he's allowed us to step into this godly life of, of being a blessing to those um, and beyond he, he gave a blessing to Abraham And that blessing led us all the way to Jesus And in Christ we all have been called To make a difference The door has been opened The Lord has paid all the price He's done all of the work needed for us To be able to do this There's only one problem And it's, it's an it's a annoying one And that is uh, we, we all have to fight selfishness <laughs> There's this gravitational force that that we have to overcome on a daily basis. I'm not sure about you, but on a daily basis, have to overcome the tendency to want to prioritize myself, put myself first and make my life about me opposed to making it about God and about others, right? And um, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus helps us in this. He gives us the power by his Holy Spirit, he gives us the grace, he gives us the help and the support that we need to overcome selfishness and live the life that is truly life, and that is a life for God, and that is a life to bless others. And it's funny because that's actually our fulfillment. Our, we are most fulfilled when we are blessing to other people, I truly believe that the enemy tries to twist it and makes you think that the more you think about yourself, the happier you'll be. Culture tries to repeat this message, and and we have fallen for it for long enough. It's time for us to realize that that is a lie. The true true fulfillment is when we actually surrender and give ourselves to 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 the Lord and uh, to the people that are around us and. That's a life worth living. That's a life well-lived, I should say. Um, So every year, we intentionally, around the holidays, uh, speak a lot about being a blessing to other people. Uh, We used to call it zeal for the house. This year, we're calling it legacy. This is our legacy season, our legacy uh, series. And uh, legacy is what people remember once we're gone. Uh, We're we're not going to be here forever in in this body, in this life. We will live forever with Jesus because of the gospel. If we receive him, we will live in eternity with God. But this life is, is temporal. It's not forever. And the goal is not for us to live in this body forever, but it is to leave something behind that will live forever. And if you're a Christian and you want to know what to leave behind, Scripture says we are called to leave behind uh, a kingdom of God greater than how we found it, essentially. I believe that when our lives are over, there should be more disciples walking the earth. There should be more people who have heard the gospel than before uh, we got saved. I want there to be a larger amount of people in the kingdom of God than, than there were before I stepped onto the scene, right? And that's the case for you. If we all make that a commitment of, by the time I leave here, I want heaven to be bigger and I want hell to be smaller. You know, that 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 should be our goal, to, to, to take people out of darkness and lead them into the light of Jesus. And if that's the legacy you leave uh, here on earth and you have done a, a, a good job, the Lord is going to welcome you with that well done good and faithful servant greeting that we all want to hear when we see God. Amen. Uh, Generosity is how the kingdom of God grows. Generosity with resources, generosity with time, generosity with the gospel, sharing it, sharing your testimony, your story of what God did in your life. The more generous we are, the more the kingdom of God grows. It really is the vehicle for kingdom growth, generosity. And God has designed generosity with much care. And it's really cool what he's done with it. He, he's made generosity something that both parties benefit from. So the person who's receiving the generosity is blessed because they're, they're receiving something and he's designed it to where the person offering the generosity is blessed too. Scriptures even indicate that the one offering the generosity leaves more blessed than the one who's even receiving the generosity. And the Lord did that to, to, to give incentive. He wants us to be motivated to, to, to be generous and to, to share our lives um, in his name. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 25 says, a generous person will prosper. Notice it doesn't say might. It doesn't say maybe. A generous person will prosper. And then it says, whoever refreshes others will be. Not might be, will be refreshed. And again, the Lord is providing motivation with these scriptures because he understands that human beings have to fight fear. A lot of us think, if I'm not selfish, then I am going to die. If I'm not selfish, then I'm going to starve. If I'm not selfish, I'm going to be depressed. If I don't think about myself, I won't have enough for me. And that's a fear that a lot of us have to fight when it comes to sharing our lives with the Lord and sharing our lives with others. With others, So you see scriptures like this and several others where the Lord is trying to squash that fear and letting us know we have nothing to fear. If you give yourself to a generous life, the Lord will make it his business to make sure that you prosper. He will make sure if you give yourself to re- to refreshing of others, God will make it his priority to see that you are refreshed as well. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have never seen someone do the will of God and they are left with nothing. God is a... Rewarder to those who diligently seek him, and he prospers those who are generous. So, fear no more. Everyone say, fear no more. Fear no more. We have nothing to fear anymore because the Bible gives us a great assurance. That when we are generous, we will prosper. He will bless us. And when we refresh others, when we give ourselves to serve others, the Lord will make sure that not only are your needs met, but you will be refreshed as well. So please, no need to fear. We have our legacy offering. I'm excited about December 10th. This is a special end-of-the-year offering that our church does. And it's, a, it's an addition to what we normally give. So our church is faithful in their tithes and their offerings. And this is above that. This is an additional offering that is designated to our legacy initiatives, which include our building, um, next Generation, which is our kids and our youth and programs for them, making sure they have what they need, make sure that they're supported. And then our mission work, and that's all of our work that we do outside of these four walls, blessing our local city, Nashville, um, our, our country, United States, and then all the nations. We want to bless people internationally through your generosity. So the legacy offering will be designated for our legacy initiatives only. And it's something that I want everyone to really participate in, think about, pray about. Um, this is going to be a big day. This is usually people's biggest offering they give all year. So, so just really have fun with it. Ask the Lord, man, give me some vision of what you could do with my generosity. Ask God for a vision and then give an offering that that can help match that vision. Um, So I'm excited about it. December 10th, um, I believe we should be intentional. In fact, I spoke a lot last week on being intentional about giving. I talked a lot about the practical side of it. Uh, make a plan. Uh, I think it's important to plan to be generous. Um, I believe in s- even setting aside in your budget for generosity. This, this, this pot is only gonna be what I use to, to bless people whether it's gifts or or just blessing people on the spur of the moment or whenever you feel led. I think it's important to make a plan for that because it doesn't really happen Automatically. It doesn't happen unless we, we give some intention. So you, you've got to be intentional if you want to, to start living and continuing a, a generous life. But today I want to come from a different angle. I want to talk about the desire to give because we can plan, we can have the systems, we can have the discipline, but the Lord actually has made it possible for us to give beyond just discipline, for us to give beyond just will. He can actually give us a desire and even a passion for generosity to where you can find it fun. I believe that the Lord can make it to where, yes, even in your sacrificial giving, it can be fun. There is a a desire that God has towards giving that he can share with us if we want it. And I want that. I will love it. And I will. I believe God is going to, to grow my heart for it, and I believe that he's going to grow your heart for it if, if you allow him to. Even today, uh, there's an argument that is, I don't hear it all the time, but I hear it every once in a while. And the argument is that, you know, in the New Testament, no one is required to give a tithe anymore. You're not required to tithe. And, and I never really push back against that because a few reasons. I'll tell you why, what's not a reason. I, I, what's not a reason is that I, I, I do, I should say, one of the reasons is why I, I don't push back is not because I don't believe in tithing. I believe it's a godly principle. The argument that people give is it, that was under the law of Moses and since we have Jesus, the law of Moses doesn't, uh, we're not subjected to that anymore. But The principle of tithing started before the law of Moses, so it's not a product of the law of Moses. So, just since since it started before, it means it's also relevant to us after the law of Moses in the days of grace. I believe it's a godly principle. I do believe the Scripture is not kidding when it says that we rob God when we don't tithe. But the reason why I don't push back is because when someone uses the phrase "you're not required," it kind of just you're missing the whole point of giving because if you look at scripture we should not be giving out of a requirement we should be given giving out of gratitude and when you're doing anything for god really out of a requirement state you really are missing the beauty of what this could be and it takes it doesn't have the spirit of what i think god has in mind when he calls us to be generous with our lives. So, so when people say that are not required, I'm like, well, no, because I don't see it as a requirement. I, I truly do see it as an opportunity. I do believe that when the Lord teaches us on generosity, he's inviting us into a life that is more blessed than the life that we would have without generosity. So I don't look at it as requirement. I look at it as uh, something that we can be cheerful about. So how do we find cheer in generosity? How do we reach that cheerful giver status? How can we reach that place where we can honestly say it is a joy to give? It is a joy to serve. It is a joy to obey God. We need what we'll call, what scripture calls, the grace of giving. The grace of giving uh, real quick, we have our Freedom Conference coming up this weekend. Um, for those who don't know, life, we have a, multiple life groups that are called Freedom, and they're about just that, administering freedom to people who come. We have it for men and for women, and it ends with a big conference. And I want you all, if you can, to, to pray for everyone who's involved in the Freedom Conference this weekend. We've got, I think, 38 students, we've got speakers, we've got volunteers, it's a whole thing. And it's gonna be here at the church this weekend. But the first lesson of the Freedom class, or the life group, I should say, is uh, distinguishing the tree of life versus the knowledge of good and evil. And the whole, it's a very foundational, I want to actually teach it for a Sunday sometime soon because it really does change um, the, the way you approach your relationship with God. Um, there is a way to do the right thing um, in the right spirit, in, in the wrong spirit, I should say that. It is possible to do the right thing. Let's take giving. It's good to give. You can give $30 to somebody. Let's say someone who's in need. You can give $30. But if you do it reluctantly, if you do it with a bad attitude, you don't reap the fullness of what that giving was supposed to be. You can give the same amount and give it with cheer and give it with joy and reap completely different benefits from the same amount by just by giving it under uh, Giving it from the tree of life versus the knowledge of good and evil. The message is saying the knowledge of good and evil is when you are doing right things based on information and not from the spirit of God. Uh, We can do this with all things in church, especially in church, even the Bible. As good as the Bible is, as much as I believe in the word of God, we all know that the Bible has been used to do Bad things to bad people. I mean, to to people, good people or people over the years. The Bible it can be used to tear people down. The Bible can, can. The Bible says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So you can actually take information from the Bible and twist it to accomplish bad things, which is why you must have the spirit of life to accompany the word for it to produce the effects. So when it comes to giving, yes, it's good, but we should never do it under compulsion. We should never do it um, in a place of, of, of obligation. It should be done because God has gifted us with it, and we see it as a privilege and we see it as a blessing. Amen? Oh, I wrote this. God God wants our obedience, but he wants our heart even more. He wants our heart. He wants us to have his heart because if we we do it mechanically, we're not going to enjoy it. We're not going to sustain with it. And it's it's not going to produce the life that he wants it to be to, to produce. So yes, it's it's good to o- obey the Lord. The Bible says that's how we love him by obeying him. But it has to be from our heart. So to, just so you know, today I'm 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 trying to lead us beyond the surface, beyond the shell, beyond the mechanics, beyond the action, and I'm trying to get to the heart and the spirit of life that will hopefully inspire all that God is calling you to do. Philippians chapter two, Philippians chapter two, verse 12 through 13, verse 12 through 13. It says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. Can everyone say in me? God is working in you, giving you the desire. Say desire. desire. And the power. Say power. power. To do what pleases him. If you have Jesus living inside your heart right now, if you, if you said yes to him this morning or if you said yes to him in 1965, whenever, no matter what, If if he's living on the inside of you, he is working in you as we speak. And the work that he's doing in you, according to the scripture, is he's he's giving you the desire. And he's giving you the power to please him. So that you're not doing it begrudgingly. You're not doing it as a slave. You're doing it as a son. You're doing it as a daughter. You're doing it as a friend you're doing it because it's in your heart to do it. And this is an important message because church is something that if we're not careful we can get into the religion of it. And the religion is the outer shell without the heart. And that's so so you can do the outward and be missing that spark inside that makes it alive, that makes it sweet, that makes it fragrant, that makes it real. And, and as, as a pastor, my, my, my priority is to not just have you or lead you to do, do the right things, but, but, but have the right heart and from the right heart, the right things will come, I promise you. There's a couple distinctions that I wanna put on the screen. One is grace versus law. I don't think I have to really ask you guys which one is Christ leading us to live. We are supposed to be living by grace and not under the law. Again, you can do the same thing, but if you do it under the law, it just—it has no life in it. It's dry. It's boring. If you do it under grace, it has life. There's a wind to it. And yes, you don't always feel it. And Lord knows Nashville Life, we know how to teach about not following your feelings. At the same time, there is life that can be in you as you do the things of God. And that comes by grace, not by the law, not by the rules, it comes by grace. Another distinction, internal motivation versus external obligation. You can do the same act and if you do it under external obligation, it's dry, it's pressuring, it's, it's, it's the bad kind of pressure, it, it's tiring, it's, it's grueling. Or you can do it from internal motivation where there's a, a, a wellspring inside of you, There's the, that joy that's bubbling over from the inside out. The Lord is leading you to do things from internal motivation, not external obligation. Another one, and Tammy, will like this. Our kids' director will like this. Get to versus got to. She always says, don't do it because you got to do it because you get to. And it's true. We get to serve God. I don't know about you all, but I used to be dead in sin. I used to be blind to God. I couldn't see him, let alone follow him. So now that I can see, I get to follow God. I was so weighed down with spiritual chains and bad habits that I couldn't lift up my hands if I tried. But the Lord broke those chains. So now I get to lift my... I don't have to lift my hands. I get to lift my hands. I don't have to obey God. I get to obey God. Have y'all ever been there wanting to do the right thing and just can't? Wanting to stop it and just can't? Wanting... like, I, y'all remember what it was like to want to love God and you just couldn't because you were so bound? The Lord set us free. Now we can love him. We can obey him. We can serve him. We can represent him. It is an opportunity. And the more we can start seeing it as an opportunity and not an obligation, the, the more full our lives will be and the more blessing we'll be for other people. Because when you're doing things out of obligation, you're not, you're not, even as, you're not as fun. Like people don't enjoy you. Like when it's real, when it's living in you, it blesses other people. I love being around passionate people for Jesus because it makes me passionate about Jesus. I know this is a lot. I know the gospel is a lot about suffering. And yes, Lord knows I've preached my share of those scriptures. But I believe the spirit gives life and we can actually enjoy this thing. The Lord has given us the right to enjoy him. The Bible says delight yourself in the Lord. Delight that means like that's like your favorite. That's like dessert. That's like chocolate. That's like that's like sweet things. The Bible says delight yourself. Make him your favorite. The Bible should be your favorite meal of the day. It should be The Bible says it's like it's like rich fat on the marrow of of, us, of meat, it's, it's succulent, it's, it's meant to be enjoyed, and some of us are not allowing ourselves to step into that grace, that, that spirit of life to where we are serving him from a delight that's in our heart, and some of us walked in here not even knowing that you were allowed to want that, some of y'all didn't even know that that was on the table. I'm here to give you good news. God is better than you thought he was. I think all of us walked in here believing that he was good, but my word to you is he is better than you thought he was. And this is the kind of spirit that we can apply to his commands and to the way he's leading us. There's a great passage. It's long, but it's good. 2 Corinthians 8. I want to read 1 through 12, 2 Corinthians 8. And this is Paul, and he's speaking to the church in Corinth, and he's inspiring them uh, in in the area of generosity. But just notice the wording that he uses, and I pray that you even sense the spirit of, of of this appeal that he's giving to the church in Corinth. He says, Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, that's first, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he had, early, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want you to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, So that through his poverty, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have a desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Again, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to one what what one does not have. So just so you know, the Lord, is he judges what we offer based off what we have. It's totally contextual to what you have. So be at rest. I said this last week. God is not going to hold you accountable for... He's not going to hold you accountable for what he hasn't given you. He's only going to hold you accountable and measure your generosity in context to what you have been given. I I I have fun the times I get a chance to to teach about the the desire that is possible and the joy that we actually can have in doing things for God including the hard things. Let's be honest. There are some hard things that God asks us to do. In fact, sometimes most of it is hard. But it's possible to do it with joy. And you know who we have? We have, we have great examples of that. We got Paul. We got, we got Stephen. But our greatest example, of course, is Jesus. Who the Bible says it was the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. So let me tell you. As horrible as the crucifixion was. And as much as I know it hurt him in several ways. I mean, he had to go through betrayal. He had to go through physical pain. He had to go from rejection from his father. Father, why have you forsaken me? Like all of that terrible experience. It was led by joy. Let me explain. Jesus knew. Sometimes we just got to think. We just got to think. Jesus knew that if I die on the cross... Me and like Jesus knew if he died on the cross, me and you would be able to be saved. We would be able to be in paradise with him forever. We could be sons and daughters. We could enjoy heaven with him. We could be seated with him. He would have all of this family, and that made him joyful. The vision of seeing you saved made him happy. And he let that happiness drive him to the most excruciating pain that he ever experienced. So was it painful? Yes. But was it driven by joy? Yes. And when it comes to us, sometimes we have to stop and do like Jesus. Okay, if I'm generous and start thinking of the good that can happen and let it make you happy and let the joy of what what your obedience can do, let that drive you. Let that motivate you. Let the joy of what will come from your, your obedience to God, or in this case, your generosity, let the joy be what you uh, are motivated by to do things, especially when it's hard things. In this case, for Jesus, it was the cross. So we need to tap into that joy. We need to tap into that enablement, that ability to do what nobody, what other people aren't willing to do because of of, of God's power and that's the scripture that I just read referred to the grace of giving, that's what I want and that's what I want for you. I want everyone here to receive the grace of giving to where you're able to give out of delight and give out of joy and give out of passion and not over all the other stuff that sometimes we do good things in under compulsion or obligation. God wants us walking and living and, and, and soaring by grace. So how do we receive the grace of giving? I'm going to put it on myself. I receive the grace of giving when I am grateful and not guilty. We should not give out of guilt. We should not be blessed out of guilt. I don't know where this started, but oftentimes in religious or Christian spaces, uh, there's, there seems to be a stigma around having nice things and having more than even what you need. And, and, and oftentimes this, these same spaces uh, equate not having anything with being closer to God. And, you know, the, 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 the poorer you are, the, the holier you are. And I just do not subscribe to an ascetic gospel. I don't believe that you should measure your intimacy with God or your maturity with God with anything material. So I don't say amen to the person that thinks Because you have a lot of material wealth, you have a better relationship with God than somebody else. I don't say amen to that. That's not true. There's plenty of filthy rich people who are not going to heaven. So so material gain does not mean maturity or closeness with God, but I equally don't say no to the person, don't say amen to the person who says, you know, because I'm broke, I'm holier than you. And that's just, I don't say amen to that either. Um... We should not be guilty, or honestly even apologetic over whatever God has blessed you with. And I'm tired of it. And be free of that right now. If you feel like you got to apologize, oh well, you know what? Every time I see you got this car, well, you know I pick up people every day with it. Just chill. If you wanted that car and your job can afford it, get the car. But oh, but you know I'm 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 uh, I, I got some groceries in the air for the poor, awesome, but you don't have to tell me that. I, you don't need, I don't need an explanation for the way you've been blessed. Your, your wealth came from God. God gave you that, so be free. Guilt free. There is no condemnation in Christ. And if you have money, there's no condemnation for Christ. There's no condemnation in Christ. There's no condemnation. Nothing chokes the grace of giving more than than guilt giving it's not of god it's a work of the flesh it's a counterfeit way to feel righteous no 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 more don't be guilty be grateful and let the gratitude spark up the spirit of God in you because thanksgiving is what stirs up the spirit of God. And you'll find yourself doing godly things with that you've been blessed with because you're grateful. I love this passage. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10 through 14. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10 through 14. I love this. This is, the, this is like my new goal and my, just my attitude towards uh, Towards a lot, you'll see. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. He says, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all wealth. And honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now our God, we give thanks. Sorry, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? He says, everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. That is the attitude that we are going for. That is what I want to capture in my life. I would love to capture because it's, it's pure. It's simple. If I have something great, if I have, if I have anything that I need or more, it comes from God. It belongs to God, and if he saw fit to bless me with this, then praise God. Praise Him, and even when I'm generous with it, I'm not even gonna take that much credit for it because I'm only giving what's been given to me. There's not a single thing I can give you that hasn't already been given to me. I'm generous not because I'm great, I'm generous because God's been generous to me. I have no virtues of my own. If I'm giving it to you, it's because God gave it to me first. I own nothing, I came with nothing, I'm leaving with nothing. So if the Lord saw fit, for me to be blessed then i'm going to a enjoy it cuz i'm allowed to and i'm going to be responsible with it because i'm called to and i'm going to share it because god has blessed me to share it that's what david that's what i'm sensing from this passage from david and that's that's it's it's simple it's pure no additives no added stuff just If you have it, thank God for it and share it. Don't feel guilty. Feel grateful. Don't be guilty. Be responsible. Number two, I receive the grace of giving when I love people the way God does. There's some scriptures in Acts, many of you guys have read it before, and it just talks about just this incredible culture of the new church, the early church. When when Christ first ascended into heaven and the believers were gathering together, they were marked by their generosity, and word got around of their generosity, and when you you give under the grace of giving, it's supernatural, so it's actually more than, than just the stuff that you're giving, like... They were, they were, you know, whether it was food or shelter or clothes, they were sharing with everything. They were making sure that everybody had what they needed. And these were practical needs, you know, water and food and clothes and a place to live, practical things. But when it's done under the grace of giving, guys, it becomes supernatural. And the reason why I know it was supernatural because the scripture says that the Lord added to their number daily. So through their love for each other, through their practical generosity towards each other, under the grace of giving, the Lord anointed this community to see people saved every day. Imagine a new person getting saved in your friend circle every day. That is what happens when we walk in the anointing that God has given us. When we walk in the grace and the generosity, it becomes supernatural. It becomes more than just the donation. It becomes more than the amount. It becomes more than the clothes. It becomes more than the canned goods. It becomes more than the whatever. It becomes something that is supernatural, and the Lord will use it to build his kingdom. We saw it happen in the book of Acts, and it's still happening today. It's important that we practice putting others before ourselves. As a pastor of the church, a lot of what I do is to help make sure that this place, this community, if you call Nashville Life your home, it's our desire to, to make sure that everyone's needs are met. All of our life groups, all of our different ministries, everything that we do is, is for you to have your needs met and for you to be blessed. And the idea is that if we really make sure and prioritize you being blessed, then you can then become a blessing To somebody else and that's how the kingdom of god grows that's how the body of christ grows because once you receive a blessing then you then take that responsibility of being a blessing to someone else so so we 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 systemize that i mean all of everything that comes in all the giving that you guys bring in from your tithes and offerings just I think under seventy percent of that goes immediately back into you. It goes back to you with the ministry, with our services, with with our benevolence, and the, the, for people who who are without, who who need who need some support. We 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 go out of our way and we build our church and our systems in a way where everybody in here, if you call Nashville Life your home, we want to make sure you have the friends you need, the the resources you need, uh, the 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 attention, the care you need. This this is our desire, and we. And we budget our, 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 our church with those needs and those priorities in mind. And that's just, that's just each other. That's just Nashville life, our community, not to mention outside of our community. Because we're also called to be a blessing to them as well. We take care of ours. Now, Now, now there is an order of things. I do believe that we are supposed to love the saints. And we are supposed to love each other, I believe, First. And this is why, because we are the light of the world. We are the salt. We have to make sure that all of us are strong, all of us are healthy, all of us are connected. But we can't stop there. And that's where we get into our mission work, where we're able to bless our city, bless our nation, bless all the other nations with uh, our mission stuff. I'm just going to have a bullet point for things that we do in missions. That's, That's just this year. Church planting—we've been able to fund church plants and people getting started, feeling called to the ministry. And we 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 know that that's not easy. It takes resources. It takes help, and we want to be a part of the help for other ministries because I believe there's more churches that are needed out there. As more people are getting saved, they're going to need a place to go. So we get to help with church planting, serve days, feeding the hungry. Housing those without homes. We, have, we help fund rehabilitation and discipleship programs in the city. Um, elementary school services. Providing biblical financial teaching to high schools. We are able to sponsor some high schools in town that are doing financial peace for high school students before they even graduate. So they're able to, to learn financial literacy before they even start forming bad habits that many of us are trying to overcome. Um, college scholarships. College scholarships. For those feeling called to the ministry, we've been able to contribute scholarships to people going to the school, to, school to, to start lives of ministry and to, to follow the calling of God on their lives. Serving first responders here in town. We've done a few things, but the most recent thing was being able to bless them with Thanksgiving last week. And then we have one more before the end of the year, and I want us to look at the screen. It's an it's exciting project, and uh, check it out, and we'll, we'll close after this video hey nashville life thank you for a great year of church-wide service days we are ending our year with the serve day centered around christmas for our december serve day we will partner with prison fellowship and its angel tree christmas our church has committed to provide christmas gifts for 50 children of families with a parent who is currently incarcerated. As a service to these families, Nashville Life will buy, wrap, and deliver gifts to children in place of the parents who are unable to give it themselves. This will be a great blessing to both the parents and their children, and we can't wait to get started. To get more info on how to participate, text SERVENL to 77411. The online form will help you choose a child to bless, receive guidelines on what to purchase, and lastly, sign up if you would like to deliver these gifts just in time for Christmas morning. December 10th is also the day of our legacy offering, so the joy of generosity will be very strong that Sunday. Thank you all for helping Nashville Life be a greater blessing to our city. May your generosity in buying these gifts help shine the light of Jesus on these 50 children, their families, and beyond. Merry Christmas. So that's how we're closing out 2023. Blessing 50 children of families with a parent who's currently incarcerated and uh, just can't wait to contribute to bring joy into to these kids' life who 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 have a, a tough situation that they're having to grow up in and also being a blessing to the parents who 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 wish they could do more and, and now we can give gifts for the kids in the name of their parents and, 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 and to, to bless them in ways that, that they can't currently right now because of their situation. So if you want to participate, uh, yeah, text serveNL to 77411. We've got multiple ways you can be involved. Everyone can be involved if you want. And uh, that's, that's what we have for, for loving people. And then the last one, I receive the grace of giving when I fall in love with Jesus. And that really, i, I end there because that, that's, that's it. Loving God is the key. When you love God, he'll teach you how to love people. When you love God, he'll teach you how to love yourself. When, he, when you love God, he'll teach you how to do everything. Everything you need. He, it's, it's, it's the most strategic choice you could ever make. Loving God connects you to everything. Thing you could ever need, not only in this life, but the life to come. Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says this. I'll end with his words. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. A lot of times people miss, misunderstand the scripture and they read this and go, okay, so what, what am I passionate about? What, what, what do I have a heart for? Okay, great, I'll give money to that. Or I'll give treasure to that, or I'll invest in that, but that's not really what the scripture says. It says where you place your treasure, your heart will be there also. And in, the, in, in saying that, your heart will actually follow where your treasure is. So this is actually a very empowering message because some of you guys, you're not happy with your priorities. You're not happy with with how your life is structured right now. You. You feel like there's certain things that you're not as passionate about as you wish you were. And and you find yourself being passionate for things that might not be good for you. And the Lord is letting you know you actually have the ability to shift your heart. And you do it by shifting your treasure. It's a very practical but supernatural way to put your heart where you want it to go. If you want your heart to be somewhere... Put your treasure there, and I guarantee you your heart will follow. I've done this firsthand. I've felt my passion for God dwindle at times. I've felt it dwindle for this for the, for this church. I've, I've, I've gone through seasons where where the, the fire wasn't where I wanted it to be. And I, I fasted and I prayed and I got counsel and, and nothing seemed to turn up the fire. And I remember one time I was just reading the Bible and I came across the scripture, and the next Sunday, I just decided to give a sacrificial offering, and I I, I gave to the Lord larger than I ever given, and let me tell you, the fire for God turned up because this Bible is true, and where you put your treasure in, your heart will will follow, and I've done this in my own life. I've seen it happen multiple times because we can waver. Sometimes the the newness and the freshness can wear off. Hey, it's time to invest more. That's why whenever you guys meet with me, I'm always like, you might not want to hear it, but I think you should actually turn it up. Turn up what you're investing. If you want want the passion to grow, invest more. Some of y'all might not like that, but I see that in the word. I've seen that in my life. It's up to you. Um, I'm going to pray. And... uh, I would love for God to bless us this morning, this afternoon with the grace of giving and to reignite the desire to love him and to love his people. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you asking you, first of all, thanking you for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the spirit of God that's in this room. God, and I just pray in Jesus' name that you would uh, bless us with the grace of giving, Lord, We want to do the right thing, God, but we need the desire, and your word says that you are doing a work in us that's helping us to desire to please you, God, and I just pray for you to start that work in those who don't know you and continue that work for those who who have been. Uh, knowing you and following you. Continue the work so that our desire for you, our delight in you, our passion to obey you, our joy to serve you and to serve others, I pray that all of it would grow. In Jesus' name, we know that you have the ability to change hearts. You've done it so many times before. We ask for you to do it again. Change our hearts. Ignite our hearts. Help us to desire what you desire. Help us to get excited about what you're excited about. Help us to love what you love and hate what you hate. Give us your heart. Give us your grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask us all to stand. I want to ask those who are leading in prayer to, to get in position. This is the final part of our service where we invite everyone to a personal relationship with Jesus. You do it through your heart's belief and your mouth's confession. And when you pair those two, when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, the lordship of Jesus, something supernatural is ignited in your heart. And you might not feel it, you might, you might not, but it's there. And if you continue to to water this seed, through the word of God, through community, leadership, prayer, that, that seed will grow. And Jesus will transform your life. And he will not only bless you, but he will make you a blessing. And you will only become more of a blessing the older you get. It'll just get better and better and better. That's the life that Jesus has for you. So if you are ready to receive his Lordship, start following him in faith, Repeat these words after me. Everyone say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person in Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen. Let's lift up a sound of thanksgiving and praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. If you said yes to the Lord Jesus, congratulations. We've got a few steps for you. You can text the word BELONG to 77411 real easy. Convenient way to connect with us. You can find out what's going on in our church. It doesn't mean that you're committing to our church, it just means you're connecting and finding out more. So please text that number so we can connect with you. If you need prayer for anything, this team is here to pray for you. They love God, they love you. Do not hesitate to get prayer if you need it for anything on your way out. And then lastly, if you want to give your offering or give your tithes, thank you in advance. You can give online or Or our team can serve you in the lobby. And we also have a box outside our newly opened front doors if you want to go out that way. Um, Remember our legacy offering is December 10th, so be praying for that. And I pray you have a great rest of your afternoon, y'all. Get some rest. Uh, Happy Merry Christmas to you. And um, we'll see y'all next week. Love you.